Hey, welcome to the first episode of Comedic Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not just committed to our opinions, but also each other. I'm your host, Kevin Lau, and up next we have... I'm Ryan Davis. That's that's the intro for Ryan? Okay, yeah, my name is Zachary Wright. <laughs> <laughs> you will, Don't worry, we'll go into more details of the intros later. Like, and by later, I mean now, because a little bit about myself, Kevin Lau. I am a freelance writer and filmmaker... Uh, I've worked on various films and shows in like Chicago and Illinois area, such as The Carbonaro Effect and Fargo. It's just, you know, some little small little indie stuff you might not have heard about, a little obscure. Um, I'm also a film a- essayist at the website crprights.com. And I am current, even though I have all these quote unquote positions, I am currently unemployed because COVID sucks. That's a big old ripping chat. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? A little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Ryan Davis. I am a journalist, uh, well, journalist and uh, working in television mostly. So right now I'm just working as a director at a local news station. And I'm also a self-acclaimed Star Wars fanatic. Oh, dear God. Uh, Not sure if I get actual credentials for that, but, you know. You have more credentials than me. (laughs) Are those good credentials? Uh, Yeah, and for anyone, if you want to just start off the show hating my guts, I like the prequels better. All right. Well, boys, it was a good run. Um, this <laughs> podcast is now dead because Ryan led with that. I'd like to thank our patrons for sponsoring us. It's been a good run of about three minutes. Nah, we got to keep it raw, keep it real. But what about you, Zach? I am currently a senior at SIU Carbondale. Um, I'm studying radio, television, digital media, and also with a double major in cinema photography. So basically, I'm going to college to waste my fucking time <laughs> um in, in the in this economy yeah you kind of are yeah sounds about right um i am i'm trying to be a post-production specialist with like with uh videography and video editing and all that jazz and i really enjoy movies video games television shows and stuff like that nerd wow and that's why you're editing this podcast heck yeah boy get that experience in put it on your resume <laughs> Uh, so now we're going to go on to the first segment of the show where we talk about our individual experiences with pop culture. Uh, like I said, this is a pop culture podcast where we just kind of have our opinions. We have our reviews and we are committed to them. These are the hills that we will die on. I don't know. If, I think we'll concede most hills, but <laughs> we'll concede some hills to each other because <laughs> the only thing we're more committed to than pop culture is each other because we Aww. love each other that much. Friendship is the best ship that never sinks. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go first with like a little bit of what I've done recently in the past couple of weeks. Uh, so as some of you guys know, HBO Max released into the world. Uh, right. it, is, it is fantastic uh, in a library sense. Uh, for, and the actual functionality it still needs a little bit more work. Uh, I, I, you know, I still have problems with uh, loading something, using the app on my phone. Mm-hmm. I would have to constantly reset my phone. There seems to be like a common thing going on. It's not available on Roku yet, uh, which is unfortunate. So there's some licensing things that maybe like HBO Max wasn't quite ready for. Interesting. But the library itself is amazing. There's so many classic movies on there from Warner Brothers in history. Um, every HBO show is on there. Uh, a lot of Cartoon Network selection is as well. Uh, like, like the first thing... Like, you know, I, I looked at everything. Oh, it's got Criterion Collection remasters. It's got 
you know, this classic movie that I've been meaning to see because it's talked about in film school, but I never got around to watching it. But it's got that one film I was shown in class but fell asleep through. Right, yeah. Uh, but so the first thing I picked, of course, was the Looney Tunes show. Cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Cinematic masterpiece, indeed. Out of all the things you could have went with, Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes show. The one that aired from 2010 to 2014. Heck yeah. Classic. It's, uh, have you guys seen it? I have. I have not seen it. I thought when you said Looney Tunes show, I thought it was a new thing they brought to HBO Max. And then you said, no, it's been going for like till 2010, 2014. And I'm like, oh. No, that's so they did make a new one for the launch of HBO Max, which is actually pretty good. Okay, that's good. Yeah, no, but I then have... they have. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. No, I have watched Looney Tunes show mm-hmm. when it was on Cartoon Network. I It's like a more like a like a sitcom style Looney Tunes show which mm-hmm. where it's like uh, it's kind of like more like Seinfeld with Looney Tunes characters. Yeah, Um, it's. It's very like domesticated, but also has that it's slapstick uh, Looney Tunes moments. Interesting. Uh, the first season's a little rough, but then the second season they had to do like a major overhaul with the writing and like the character designs, and it's like works so much better now. And it's kind of sad that it ended uh, with only two seasons because I really liked the show. There was uh, I had some genuine laughs. I, I felt I felt touched in the soul a couple times. Did you cry? I, I wanted to cry at the last episode. Aww. Kevin's just so unemotional. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, <laughs> but it's a great show, actually. It's not it's not like the best show I've ever seen. I give it a solid four out of five. But um, but that's one of the things I've seen this week. Uh, but I want to move on to give Ryan a chance to uh, name something. Real quick, can I ask him a question real fast? Yeah, what's up? So of all the things on HBO... How many things do you think you have watched since the beginning of it as it came out? Uh, so I've watched the Looney Tunes show. Uh, I watched the new HBO Max Looney Tunes. I watched Infinity Train, which I want. It was just like amazing. Watched that a couple times actually. Um, let's see. I'm not. I saw. I watched Charlie Chaplin's The Kid from like 1929. I think that's when it came out, which was Charlie Chaplin's first like successful movie. And now I'm currently watching Sharp Objects. Uh, which was 2017, 2018 when it came out. That's impressive considering it came out like a month ago. Yeah, it actually has been only been like a month. Um, it, but yeah, I'm just trying to like fit it in when I can. Like, like Infinity Train is like really short. It's only like two hours a season. And then like I would just watch the Looney Tunes show. I would watch like four or five episodes a night on my phone, just laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> just like laying down, watching it sideways. It's great. The best way to watch shows. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Ryan. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I was actually curious, too. But um, uh, so I got the other streaming service that's controversial. Uh, not Disney, uh, but DC Universe. Uh, the two evils. Ooh. Yeah, we've been trying to figure out if, we're gonna, uh, if I was going to watch that. So today I watched the second season of Harley Quinn. <gasps> I just finished Ooh. that on Friday. I like it. It's in my opinion, it has things that are better than the first season and things it doesn't do better. Because mm-hmm. uh, I liked uh, like at the second season's a whole lot more. It knows what it wants to do with the show. It goes into a lot more craziness. But at the same time, it's more, I guess, plot driven this season. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first season was more kind of like uh, it had like an overarching plot, but it also had like a lot of comedy and just like uh random episodes just like kind of jokey episodes was it more character based in the first season yeah both seasons are more character based but the first season was like kind of like vignettes that eventually led to a serialized ending 
Yeah, so I enjoy the second season. The second season's ending. I read reviews and a lot of people were like kind of conflicted on it. Mm-hmm. I can get why it has a very uh, conflicting ending, but in all in all, I enjoy it. It's good. Also, four out of five. Right. Because there were some yeah. things I I didn't like. They did have one episode where they called out their own faults of the show. <laughs> yeah, they get really meta sometimes. It's great. Like yeah. every time they make a pop culture reference, they also critique the pop culture. Yeah. And it's like so on point. That's pretty cool. That's interesting, actually. Yeah. No, it's a really great show. And I understand. I also have like mixed feelings about the final episode, but it's more like where they decided to start the last episode mm-hmm. as opposed to where it ended. Like there's like there's like a weird jump from the episode before the finale and then to the finale. Like the second season, a lot of the episodes ended on big cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Like it just like kind of left you in that kind of shock moment. Like what? And then it would skip ahead a week. Right. Yeah. But uh, but still, I like how the episode was and how it progressed. Mm-hmm. And I really like the ending. It's a happy ending, and I love happy endings. Yeah, I was. I, I think it was pretty good. I definitely will recommend it. I say it's better than the Birds of Prey movie, which also stars Harley Quinn. I, Birds of Prey was solid, though. <sighs> Technically, I do think the Harley Quinn show is better than Birds of Prey, but I also really like Birds of Prey. I, mean, I, can, I can definitely see that. I think Birds of Prey is good, but the Harley Quinn show, I think, did her character more justice and got its message across better. I can see mm-hmm. that, yeah, based on what you've told Where, me. And- whereas Birds of Prey was kind of just in your face. Yeah, Birds of Prey was a little messy. Um but they didn't have much of a foundation to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Well. So I was giving a little bit of a pass on that. But the Harley Quinn show. DCEU. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're doing something, all right. You excited for the Schneider cut, Kevin? <laughs> I kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie. Like, they released, like. But at what cost? What cost? Everything. Uh, it cost everything. It, it, it's going to. Fanboys, toxic fanboys, are just going to be even more toxic because now they're going to feel like. They actually have power, just like um, like with Sonic redesign. Oh, it's yeah. just mm-hmm. gonna be like a weird. There's gonna be a weird power struggle going on. Yeah. Uh, with with between content creators and their fans, and I'm not excited to see that. But what I am excited for is seeing the Snyder Cut. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, so like the little clips that they had, um, that they showed, I was like that wasn't inside the that wasn't in the original theatrical cut uh was looked really interesting looked really good um and then like there's a lot of i've been reading up a little bit more like how much content was actually changed for the theatrical cut and it's like it looks like like 70 percent of the movie was changed i was gonna say like the sorry let me cut you off like that trailer that released on like Zack snyder retweeted or whatever of like wonder woman sitting there staring at the picture of uh, assuming it was dark side that was super interesting because like the way it was set up or what I've read from spoilers on internet, different podcasts, stuff like that, of how it was going to be, is very interesting, but I just don't know if they could have done it in a good way. Right. And it's like, it's going to, I I was thinking it's going to be the same quality as Spabin versus Superman, which, you know, oh boy. I, yeah, Zach hates it. I really like okay, it. Okay, I don't hate it. I just have issues with it. Right. It's, I like it despite its flaws, but like yeah. I think the theatrical cut is trash, but the uh, director's cut is really good. I also agree with that. I don't think I've ever seen the director's cut. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, time and a half. I'll tell you that. Oh it's, boy! So I think it's like three and a half hours. Yeah, it is. Oh god! It gives more depth to the actual 
like movie though right like care mm-hmm. about like care about it because the, the theatrical cut is very slow and even i'll admit that mm-hmm. and i have a hard time admitting to bad movies right because the theatrical cut cuts out a lot of like character moments and uh some important plot elements too right so that way it's a, it, get, it gets a little like watching the theatrical cut, it feels like it feels like it's dragging because it's taking away the it's took away the substance of the scenes whereas the director's cut adds the substance to the scene so where it doesn't feel like it's dragging as much it's still a long movie yeah so it's like you're gonna it's something you're gonna have to like okay i'm gonna put aside like half the day to watch this um but i'd say it's still worth your time to watch it at least once to give batman versus superman a fair shot yeah and the way it sounds like the Snyder cut's supposed to be for Justice League. It's like, you know, Batman versus Superman, as I predicted, predicted was like half the story. Mm-hmm. And Justice League was the second half, which Darkseid comes in. You know, it's going to have Flash is going to go back in time to Bruce Wayne in the Batcave. Um, there's, Lois is going to have a bigger role in it. So it's a lot of people didn't like how that how Batman versus Superman was, how it felt like the first half of the story. Yeah, but I was all for it. Like I'm like, all right, let's make one huge narrative to get the Justice League together. I'm all for it, but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, but what about you, Zach? What what have you been into? So going back, to, going back to what you said about how Harley Quinn season two, how it's how it, what do you say is, it ends with uh, not where you want where you wanting it to end. Is that what you said, Kevin? Uh, I said I liked it, like where it ended, like where the finale ended was like if. We're still waiting on the confirmation for season three, um, but uh, if it, if it doesn't get picked up again, it's a solid ending. It's a happy ending. I like it. I do want more though. But there was a weird gap between the episode before the finale and where the episode over the where the finale started. Yeah. Interesting enough, that's how Last of Us Part Two is. Oh no! <laughs> Look at that segue. No, so I've been playing Last of Us Part Two, and it's solid. It's a very artistic game. I am very. I'm glad I played it. Um, there are choices in there. Like, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, obviously, or for anyone listening. Right. But, like, there are choices in the game that I really like. I really appreciate. And there are some, other, some narrative choices um, into the later half of the game where I'm like, okay, cool. And then it all boils back up to a point that was... So you start at one point, go up to point B. And then you go back to a different point A and go up to that same point B. It's these two characters coming to a convergence, basically. And then it's a basically like a time jump to a PTSD and then another time jump. And so it's kind of the like last third act is kind of disjointed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand why it is. And when you play it, you'll understand like what I'm saying. But overall, it's like you don't want the main character to, to go back to these roots and go back and try and do that disjointed arc. So. How it ended, I'm like, yeah, I, I understand you're beating me over head, head with a message. I get it, but it's so tastefully done. And like the fact that I'm saying that is the point they're trying to drive home in the game. They're like, yeah, of course, like that's what the point is. Like we're trying to beat you over the head. That violence is bad. Revenge is bad. And this character doing all of these things, while it, granted it isn't a disjointed segment, that's how it is. That's how the revenge can be done and stuff like that. So yeah i am very glad i played it i'm hoping this is the last game i don't think we need a part three i don't think the story will be there for a part three i think where it ends is a good place (gasps) ellie dies no spoilers but since there was a spoiler online about that i will say no ellie does not die i will say they're gonna milk the hell out of that though i feel like that's what they're gonna do especially 
I disagree. I don't think, I think that's what they do with Uncharted. And Neil Druckmann, who was the main writer for Last of Us 1, he's the one that came in and made La- Uncharted 4, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think since Sony milked the hell out of Uncharted, the Uncharted series, I don't think Neil Druckmann's going to want to milk the hell out of Last of Us. I don't think he'll make the story. I don't think he'll be the one putting the story for Last of Us Part 3 or if there's a Part 4, God forbid there's a Part 5 or anything stupid like that. I don't know if they milked it. Like, I'll definitely say it... Kind the Golden of, Abyss is milking it, right? In my opinion, like they kind of, with Uncharted, they kind of just milked more of the fact that it, it the third game should not have existed. It should have just been the fourth game, right? That's what a lot of people's critiques are about Uncharted. Like whenever I was watching Last of Us reviews, people were kind of always comparing to Uncharted because it's the same company basically, and that's one of the things like different rankings of the Uncharted series and how like Uncharted Four or Uncharted Two are like the top ones followed by one or the other ones and three is always at the bottom interesting because i've only played the first uncharted and half the second one so i still need to play through the whole series people are very different about uncharted 2 they love it or they hate it there is no between i haven't heard a hate it for uncharted 2 yeah me either i've seen different rankings on twitter but i could just be in a different different echo chamber maybe but uh but how what, what rating would you give last of us part two how, how many how many zombie heads would you give it? Zombie heads, I infected heads. First of all, uh, <laughs> all right, sorry, uh, PC culture. They call them infected. They're not zombies. <laughs> That's yeah. Definitely. See, see, it's hard because I want to say five out of five, but mm-hmm. my gut reaction because of how I feel about it, I have to give it a four out of five for it to be fair, because I would give the first Last of Us a four out of five too. Mm-hmm. Like it's on the same pace as this first one. It's not better, it's not worse, it's just a different story and a different take on it. And it's, I think it'll go down as the last Jedi of video games for a while. Would you say, I know you, with you, you were a big fan of uh, uh, God of War. Would you say this is better or worse than God of War? God of War is more simple and has less complication and doesn't have different, like, mm-hmm. overarching, two different main character storylines, basically, like parallel storylines. I think God of War is easier to digest than The Last of Us Part Two. That's why I said like Last of Us Part Two is more of an art piece. God of War is just hands down a great game. I say I give the edge to God of War mm-hmm. as a better game, even probably better than Last of Us Part One, because it's such a it feels good when you catch the fucking axe for Kratos, stuff like that. It just feels good, and so like Last of Us, there are some clinky, clunky uh, game mechanics. Um. But yeah, so I think God of War is definitely better, but Last of Us Part 2 is kind of like, it's like the cinema of video games. Like, God of War is a, God of War is a good movie, like kind of like Avengers, maybe even more like Dark Knight, probably. But like, Last of Us is like Whiplash or uh, indie film, kind of. Yeah, so more like more abstract um, focus on narrative drama and all that. Yeah. But I know, so I know there's like plays with like moral ambiguity as well where you have to choose between certain uh, actions to take. Um, right. But I also know you have not played Walk, uh, Last of Us. No, sorry. Walking Dead, Telltale, Season 1, uh, which also has the plays around with moral ambiguity. Right, yeah. Uh, with the choice, it forces you to make choices. Um, but I'm not going to tease you about it. <laughs> I was going to go back and say that, like, the two parallel stories in Last of Us are the same stories, just at different points in time. 
Mm. And so it's going back and connecting those points and showing how these two characters are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm not sure what Ryan would agree, but I do um, suggest you play try out a Walking uh, Walking Dead season one, just the first season. You don't have to go beyond that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I should. There are a lot of video games I need to play, and a lot of different TV shows and movies. And my list is just ridiculous. Like these things I have to catch up on. Right. I have to watch New Girl right now. I have to watch Full Metal Alchemist, which we'll get into in a couple minutes. But <laughs> oh my god, the you need to, the quote you need to play this unquote list is just ridiculous. Don't forget Kingdom Hearts too. Uh, Kingdom Hearts is on there. I'm slowly chipping away at that oh. behemoth. I can't wait for that rhythm game. Oh, uh, don't get me started <laughs> on that. I had to down- <laughs> I had to download the mobile game because apparently that matters to the story. Oh no. Yeah, I know. The trailer for the rhythm game is hilarious though. It's just like it just starts off as like a standard like you're like oh this is like some cheap cash grab game. And then, like, the trailer glitches, like, the last third of it, and it becomes, like, a very story-based trailer. Yeah, that's what they usually do with their games, that they'll make it, like, oh, yeah, this doesn't really seem like it's going to be important. And then it turns out, no, this is a whole extra meat to the plot, so we can keep stalling until the next big installment. Hence why 3 took so long to get here. They always get you in the first half. (laughs) They has in the first half. I'm not (laughs) I'm too dedicated now to give up. Kingdom Hearts is a discussion for another time, though. I'm sure we'll have a whole episode dedicated to that. I'll have a whole, like, uh, dissertation on it whenever I play it. <laughs> Kevin will have a whole dissertation on why he hates a coconut because of this game. <laughs> I can just write that right now because I've already <laughs> experienced that part. It's like, this is why the coconut tree is the worst mechanic in the game. <laughs> and it happens 10 minutes in. Man, but I want to bring us to our next segment before we lose time about our collective experience because like i said we're not just committed to our opinions on media we're committed to each other that includes forcing uh, forcing each other to watch certain things uh like i am currently watching avatar the last airbender thanks to zach and ryan uh but zach what are you watching i'm watching full metal alchemist brotherhood correct correct okay cool um I'm watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and so basically, I have never watched an anime before, besides, I guess if you count Avatar The Last Airbender as an anime, even though it premiered on Nickelodeon. The, 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 all, the constant debate of what is anime? Anime, I find, is something like, it's a not a cartoon, but for lack of a better word, um, from either, from Japanese culture, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, typically from Japanese culture. Right. And it can be ba- be based off like a manga. Uh, yeah, they're usually so. Yeah, in Japanese culture, like comics, which are called mangas, right. are super popular over there. Mm-hmm. Like they're printed in weekly magazines, like a new chapter every week. Um, and so typically, what comes over to America is, is shonen anime and manga. And shonen means for like from ages targeted towards ages six to sixteen or eight to sixteen, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, so that's mostly what we see because it's more like uh, it's like a kid show here, right. which is like oh like they're just give it over send it out overseas to get more money, um, and that's how it started off at first because we America got some really crappy uh, anime to start with, <laughs> but then as the, like the, in the age of the internet and social media and stuff like that, it became more people more there was more uh, worldwide connectedness going on, so people were starting to share more of like what's popular in their country and all that stuff. So now we get even more like more anime we get more better quality anime more adult uh, anime have, at that too yeah more mature anime as well 
Uh, so it's basically, I think right now, really, it's kind of like one-to-one uh, as to like what releases in Japan and what releases in America. Interesting. Because there, there's Funimation gets most of the, the distribution for America, but there's also other like distribution companies that like dub it or at least subtitle the, the anime and release it online on their streaming service. Right. Um, but Zach, where are you at in the show currently? Okay, so I just finished episode nine last night. I know I'm a little far behind compared to Kevin where he is an avatar. We are originally supposed to be like on the same episode as each person was, mm-hmm. but I fell behind because my girlfriend's watching me, making me watch New Girl, and so I have to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finished episode nine last night. That's where Scar just wakes up with in with the Ishfall uh, refugee. Yeah, and so I wrote a couple summaries for a couple of the episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode one I found to be a very good entry into the show, like showing the mechanics of alchemy, and it's very similar to like water bending and the bending types in avatar last airbender yeah just right more complex more not dastardly but jesus the stuff they do later <laughs> um so yeah episode one's really cool and then episode two just hits you right in the freaking nards bro um oh yeah yeah you see a corpse be brought back to life that was wild spoilers i guess if we're doing spoilers um <laughs> my bad uh, i don't know the show's been out for a while it's fine right so yeah, the backstory is just dark, and it just adds like this gravitas and gravity to the situation of these two characters, Ed and Al. What? And it's Edward and Alphonse, correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay, I just I just know by Ed and Al. Um, it just shows how far they're willing to go, and like as people, how far they're willing to go to get to their goals. It adds more mm-hmm. character, in my opinion, to them. Mm-hmm. And then while episode two hits you in the balls, um, episode four just takes your heart and does a irish tap dance on it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i almost stopped watching it for this episode because i barely could get through it it was pretty dark yeah yep. can you believe the target audience is 14 and up yeah what the hell <laughs> <laughs> uh people in japan have a very higher tolerance for violence and they can stomach it a little bit better right i just sat through last of Us part two and nothing in that game made me question my moral ambiguity <laughs> this made me just sad <laughs> yeah you should see the t- you should see the adult shows jesus <laughs> you torture a lot of people in last of Us part two and i did not feel a single thing for those people besides but nina i felt a lot for nina <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was just an innocent child caught at the wrong place at the wrong time yeah i guess i was gonna say is home really the wrong place at the wrong wrong time well yeah that's a solid <laughs> point good point hey the r- wrong dad at the wrong lifetime <laughs> and wrong mom apparently so now like episode four i understand the stakes of the world and how dark and what alchemy really is because later on in a couple episodes after that you figure out that if you want to basically get their bodies back they're to sacrifice a human soul so that's pretty cool mm-hmm. wait so zach real quick uh do you know what happened to nina's mom uh it said in the episode that nina like she was another experiment by the dad Yes, so I just want to make sure that, like, you understood that she wouldn't just, like, leave. <laughs> oh, no, she was transmuted into some freaking being that we don't know what was. She was the first experiment that uh, they got the the dad the license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really, really sad and really, really dark. I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> Rip. I knew she was turned to a beast. I didn't know it was the first one. Yeah. But now this isn't a game. Like, episode one kind of presented this as a fun kind of, like, oh, like, alchemy's fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not fun. It's dark, and I don't know why these people de- delve in it, because <laughs> holy shit. Uh, you want to know a fun fact, Zach? Go ahead. 
Uh, we did a little. Uh, I know you did. We've done personality tests or whatever before. Yeah. And so apparently, your formal alchemist character would be Roy Mustang, the fire alchemist. Heck yeah. Yeah, I, I I I see it. I love Mustang. He's cool as hell. Oh, he he gets even better. Heck yeah. Hawkeye is also really cool. I love Hawkeye, and Winry. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, the character development is great. So after like Ed finds out what happened to Nina, he starts beating the ever living crap out of the dad. I wish I honestly wish Ed would have crossed that line and killed him. But I know that's not Ed's character. Mm-hmm. But these stakes are now set, and the growth of the brothers, especially for Ed, is shown by Ed was close, and if Al didn't stop him. It would have been over for the dead. But then Scar comes <laughs> in later and blows him up, so I was cool with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, with Edwards, Edward doesn't, like, want to kill because, you know, he's one of the good guys, and alchemy is about, you know, right. like, what is the cost? The whole thing is, like, what is the cost of a soul, and do we have any right to take souls? Right, yeah. And I thought I found Scar to be a really cool character, and the Ish Valens being a metaphor for, I'm, I'm right when it's the Middle East, right? The war in the Middle East? Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it's not, like, a directly, like, anecdotal uh, allegory of right. the Middle East, but, like, it's a pretty close representation of what the um, uh, the creator was trying to get across. It's, like, a combination of the Middle East and also kind of Jewish mm-hmm. culture. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, the manga was written over the course of 10 years, mm-hmm. from, like, 2000 to 2010, I think. Okay. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, like, there's a lot that happened in those 10 years. So it's kind of like, you know, it's not a straight allegory, but it's it's pretty consequential. Yeah. After that, I'm not going to lie. So Ed finds out the secret to human transmutation, which is human souls. And they find the fifth laboratory and get their ass handed to him by these two. Well, not really Al. Al holds his own. But I feel like anytime Ed gets in a fight, he just gets effed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The problems with being short. He's a he's pretty much a badass most of the time. But like. When he's in a fight, he cannot hold his own. Good lord. And I believe you also got introduced the homunculi. The people that Al follows. They're based off the seven deadly sins. Oh, oh, that. Oh, mm. the seven deadly sins? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the. Yeah, I know them. Sorry, I just know you've referenced them as the seven deadly sins before. That's why I was confused. Yeah. They're just named after the seven deadly sins. They're actually just homunculi. Gotcha. But yeah, I have now, I've seen them, and... The one gave Ed back to Al after he fought those two other, what are they called when they're transmutated to like a piece of, like an item like Al is? We just, I just called the soul armor. The soul armor? Okay, cool. Soul armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like soul bonding. I don't think there's actual name for it. Okay. So yeah, they fight two of those soul bond, soul bonded in, uh, individuals. And then the one of the sins gives Ed back to Al and it's like, here you go. Like, thanks. And then leaves. <laughs> and then uh al gets his basically his mind rocked by the one soul being and is like you could be a puppet like you don't know your memories aren't real Mm -hmm. and then al turns back on him he's like what about your memories and then the other one is like oh no mine are real i'm like all right kind of weak i mean i get it but like oh yeah they do more they call and kettle yeah they kind of do more with that later though so so it comes back yeah it comes back it's kind of like it's planting the seeds in there I mean, it's not going to be, like, a huge, like, revelation or anything. Um, well, because in the next episode that, like, Ed and Al make up, and they're like, no, of course you're real, dude. I have a good brotherly moment. Oh, yeah. So, okay, so you already saw the episode where, like, yeah, that I saw comes episode, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's not, like, a huge revelation. Okay, cool. So I'm glad I'm glad that wasn't a plot arc because I've been very, you know, like, oh, really, really, really having this drama right now. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, but yeah, that was a good episode showing the brother dynamic and how they always fight and introducing the Ed and uh, Winry love, I assume, is going to happen soon. Uh, soon. It, it's what? developed over the course of the series, which I think is probably the most organic love story I've seen in a TV show. Oh, it's so great. There's, there's, uh, there's going to be a real awkward moment. Can't wait for you to see it. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, uh, Al made a comment where it's like they fought one time. It's like, whoever wins gets to marry Winry. And Al's like, I won, but you didn't care. <laughs> or no, Win no, Winry shot me down. <laughs> yep. And I said, damn, that's rough, Al. <laughs> yeah. And then Scar wakes up in the Ishvalan refugee care. Yep. And that's where I'm at. I'm just going to tell you now, the uh, next, what, three episodes are just going to rock your world. Actually, no. The next, the very mm. next episode is just gonna rock your world. Great. But like, so you're like on episode nine or ten ish. Um, I'm starting ten. I just finished nine. Okay. Gotcha. So like, so the first season is twelve episodes. So that's kind of like the first twelve episodes of Brotherhood kind of recap the um, original series, which okay. dragged on really long. Mm -hmm. So really cut trim the fat. Got, went through the plot points a little bit faster just in case people were coming back from the original show right so after these 12 episodes the show's pacing gets a lot better cool and smoother uh there's a lot more like um sitting on dramatic tension mm -hmm. and uh there's just a lot there's just a lot more that goes on a lot more character development it's good you're 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 not even at the tip of the iceberg man oh <laughs> i'm excited just be grateful that you only had to spend one episode with Nina and not like six. Oh god, <laughs> I would have cried. I would. I probably could have finished it. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh well, bro, the first show is so bad. Yeah, I can't like, imagine. The first half is like a really drawn out version of the first twelve episodes of Brotherhood, mm -hmm. but then after that, it like it spread. It like deviates from the manga because the manga wasn't done at the time. Oh. No. Uh, so they just like made up their own second half of the show. And the they Game of Thrones did basically. Awful. They Game of Thrones did. Oh, um, God. Maybe not as bad as Game of Thrones, but it still left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So what have you been doing, Kevin? Where, where are you at in Avatar Last Airbender? So this morning I just watched uh, The Waterbending Master, so episode Ooh. 18, I believe. So I have two episodes left of season one. Ooh. Uh, so far, like it's been a little bumpy ride getting here. Uh, How do you like Master Paku? Master Paku. That's the guy that... The mentor that trained him this episode right yeah yes i i knew he was gonna be well spoilers a jackass yeah well yeah and well i didn't know he's gonna be a jackass but <laughs> i knew he was gonna be when it was like it was like oh like the the woman like noticed katara's necklace and yeah. recognized it i was and it, like talked about how like a guy was left I was like ah it's master paku yeah like master paku was the guy that's why he's a sexist pig because <laughs> he got rejected by a girl how about that but overall, the epi that episode itself was I thought was really good and really well done. Um, I liked Sokka's uh, flirtation with the princess, and am interested to see how that goes. It's rough, uh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the meme, so I kind of guess what's going to happen. Did you like that, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I heard it. I was cracking up <laughs> over here. I've I've seen the memes, so I kind of. I kind of know what's going to happen. You know where it's going. I just don't know how. <laughs> um, I feel bad for Sokka, though. Wait, Kevin, I do have to ask. You never saw the last Airbender movie either? So I did see the last Airbender movie. Oh. Um, but I don't... You and Jordan, what the hell? 
Uh, but I have, but like, I, I don't remember, I only remember like a couple shots from it. Cause, um, so like a brief, a brief history of like why I haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender until now. Uh, 2005, when the show came out, that was when my parents cut cable. Mm-hmm. And I was only like nine years old at the time. Okay. Uh, so like we were just, uh, we, it was just like a tough time in my family's life. We just had almost no money. Uh, so like it was, so TV was just kind of like not a thing at that time. I used that time to read a lot of books. Uh, so then later on down the road, once I, I my family became more, more much more financially stable, um, I was utilizing the library more to, for like for watch, renting DVDs from the library. I was watching shows like Lost and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never thought to go back to Avatar because it's just like I knew about it. I knew people liked it, but it wasn't like you know something like oh this sounds great. I really want to watch it. Yeah, it's kind of like oh it's a thing that exists. I'll even get to it sometime. It is my favorite um, cartoon or my favorite like childhood TV show probably ever. That's mm. a lot of like our generation. Yeah. Uh, like it's like the first real show I think that's the, that they watch. Whether like it's my theory currently, more on that in a bit. I agree. Yeah. So like it wasn't until my in I went to the university with you know Ryan and uh, and a year later you Zach. Right. Um, that. Uh, that like the show started coming back into on my radar uh, because Ryan would host the um, Avatar Last Airbender uh, marathon in the hallways or in his dorm. Right. And and so like I would I would sat in and watch like two episodes, but they were both fillers. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe the show isn't for me. So I just walked out. <laughs> uh, then I watched like the end and I didn't watch any of Legend of Korra, but I watched like the, the last episode. Like that's the only episode I've seen, so I know how Legend of Korra ends. But I was like, I was like, eh, that doesn't seem as good as like people are saying. But like, you know, Ryan and like you guys were trying to convince me. Well, maybe not, you not use that because you haven't seen Legend of Korra yet. But um, but I watched season one and two now. I'm full. I just have two and or three and four left. Yeah, but Ryan and Co were like, hey, like Legend of Korra is, is actually good. It just doesn't have a strong finale. I'm like, all eh, right, well, it's. I gotta see season three. The season three is the best season out of the entire series. Four is the very controversial one. Oof. Understandable. Yeah, I'll let you guys make your own opinions about it. So how do you feel about it so far, Kevin? I actually really, I like it so far. It's nice that I started at the beginning. Like, now that it's on Netflix, I'm just like, I have no excuse anymore. Right. Um, uh, But I like, even though, like, even though, like, ah, you know what? It's on Netflix. I'm going to buy the Blu-ray set. <laughs> so I bought the Blu-ray set with uh, Le- Avatar Last Airbender and Legend of Korra. I just don't have my own personal Blu-ray player, so I still use it, watch it on my phone or laptop. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do like it so far. It's a little, like I said, it's a little bumpy. Uh, the first two episodes for the pilot, I think, are really fantastic. They're very um, strong. I'm right. Yes, I'm currently writing recaps right now with for CRPWrites.com that are releasing. I'm trying to. I'm. I send it to them on a weekly basis. Uh, I should be having three of them like coming out, releasing sick. Uh, ex- ugh, what's the word? Sequentially. Uh, sequentially or something like that. Uh, to within the next few days. Um, and you're doing like two or three episodes in one like article, right? Yeah. Now I'm averaging four episodes per recap. Um, cool, cool, cool. So it start like it started off like because when I first started, like I had like longer ID, longer discussions with it mm-hmm. with each episode. But then it's like when we got to like filler episodes that's just like hey whatever <laughs> what do you consider 
What do you consider a filler episode so far, Kevin? The Great so Divide. So obviously, the Great Divide is a filler episode. Okay, like, fair, yeah. One hundred percent. Doesn't it? What do you it, mean? Like, that's the episode of the entire series. Oh man, I love the ant bug things. And, <laughs> Those are creepy. Uh... <laughs> Those gave me nightmares when I was a kid. <laughs> Dude, like I noted in my recap, it was like the av- world of Avatar: The Last Airbender is weird as hell. Like, <laughs> there's so many high concepts going on because, like, platypus sh- duck. Yeah, platypus bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, not only do you have the high concept of like, you can control the four elements and each element can control like different variations of the element. Like water can control fire. No, like fire can control lightning. Right. And I, I, I'm i pretty sure like water control controls blood um, and all that stuff. Um, and then like, you have these spirits as well uh, that like just kind of like just show up and there's a whole spirit world. Yep. And then you also have weird animals that are kind of like morphed beings of what animals we know. The animals are just hybrids of real life. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like they aren't anything special. They're just like a platypus bear. Yeah, or like these ant giant ant things and are like flying bison. You uh, gotta appreciate how much detail and work went into building in a world like that. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, there's like I'm I'm trying to like look at it from like a writer's perspective of like is like, is there any consi- inconsistencies with the world building? But there's none so far that I can really point out. Um, except for like, just there kind of is one in season two. Yeah. When you meet like the Earth King and his pet. Oh, man. But like, it's kind of for a comedic bit and it's kind of funny. I'm cool with it. <laughs> right. If it's for comedy, I think that's fine. I'll give it a pass on that one. It's just like, you know, it's weird. And like the whole existence of the spirit world on top of like the weird creatures and the, like the uh, controlling the elements. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a little bit too, it's a little bit too much. Yeah. That's how season two of Korra is. Yeah. Cause I hear season two of Korra de- or like just Korra in general deals more with the spirit world yeah. than Avatar. I, well, the argument for Korra was that cause you already saw the journey of an Avatar learning the four elements and having to protect the world. So with Korra, they were like, let's skip all that. She knows all the elements except the one you started off with in the first series. And mm-hmm. then after that, she you build on the rest of the lore of Avatar and more mm-hmm. like, I guess, combining the two, like the two different worlds of spirit and the physical world. And also like I mean, it's more ideologies clashing in Legend of Korra. Like the first season has mm-hmm. to deal with kind of like racism slash classism mm-hmm. and then the second season is more religion oh. and the third season goes into like anarchy versus order mm-hmm. like what constitutes as a ruling power yeah i think i might really like legend of korra i got a feeling you'll like it more than avatar yeah because like avatar like i like it has really good elements it's cut and dry it, but yeah it is very cut and try dry it's like there's a lot of things that happen in it where it's like where they really like they they quickly resolve the dramatic tension right um that i think could have lasted for like a few episodes um there's like i mean obviously like the the whole like, like so what like what i constitute as a filler episode is like does it advance the plot does mm-hmm. it uh um but put the put the characters in the into on on, on their emotional journey further further right. their emotional journey of like how better understanding not only the world but also themselves um, and there's like two, ep- there's like a few episodes in season one that don't do that. Like with the one with it, Boomy, um, yes. when they go to the first Earth Kingdom, I I was like, I think that's technically the first filler episode. I should have probably ri- written down a list of the filler episodes. That actually episodes actually becomes important later. It goes back. I 
figure that Boomy comes back. Um, there are three notes I want to point out. Yeah. Uh, two of them relate to the differences between Korra and Avatar Last Airbender. Um, the one is, I read somewhere where it's like, Avatar Last Airbender is like World War Two. It's like good versus evil, um, light versus dark, like stuff like that. Right. And then Legend of Korra is more of a, kind of like a Cold War era of... Okay. Where it's more like you see the advancements in technology and stuff like that. There's really not a good or bad. It's more of ideologies clashing. And then the other note about Korra versus Avatar I've seen is um, the story of Avatar is a human learning to become the Avatar. Mm-hmm. Legend of Korra is the Avatar learning to become human. See, I'm, all, I'm always about learning to become more human. Right. So, and I can kind of see that because with Avatar, it is... I don't know, because I feel like with The Legend of Korra, it might be more community-based, mm-hmm. like, protagonist, too, whereas Avatar is very, like, much the chosen one yes. narrative. Yeah. However, like, they, they do give, like, the, you know, the supporting cast a nice spotlight. Like, Zuko is a fantastic character. Just you um, wait. Just you wait. <laughs> uh, Sokka is a nice, like, comedic, uh, uh, comedic re- comic relief. Just you wait. Just you I wait. I feel like Katara gets sidelined a lot, though. Like, she has her moments that are legitimately great. Yes. But then there's, like, a lot of episodes where she kind of just is just there. Season one, like, is very more kid-oriented. Like, it's very, like, mm-hmm. uh, just staccato plot lines where season two and season three start getting more into darker stuff. It starts becoming, like, a more tight-knit plot as it yeah, goes along. Where season one is, like, here's our adventure of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think once they get to like the water, uh, water tribe in the north, like w- like the Monster Pock episode, the Water Bane Master, that's where Katara really starts to shine. Obviously, where she's like, right, f the system and the patriarchy, and she goes off and just kicks his ass. Right, which I was like, uh, that fight between Katara and the Water Bending Master, I think was fantastic and a real mm-hmm. shift in tone for the series because yeah, I was noting that the all the action before that episode was just the heroes nullifying or pacifying the threat. They're not attacking to be offensive or to re- to take down the enemy, but more like right. they're taking a more pacifist route. Like Aang barely throws a, barely throws a punch mm-hmm. or an attack. Like he's usually dodging attacks to make to turn the enemy's power against them. Right, yeah. Um like we know with notably with the firebender general um mm-hmm. uh destroying all the boats in that one episode where he learned Aang learned to firebend. There is a little more ambiguity moral ambiguity in like the blue spirit episode with like zuko obviously right and like he's doing it he has he's probably the biggest like the most like true character he has his own motivations he has his own goals yes they don't align with anyone particularly other than his goals which is very interesting to me right yeah no zuko is the most i the the character with the most narrative drama going on yes because he has he knows what he wants he still there is it's very clear what he needs and it's very clear, like how those wants and needs conflict, not only internally but also externally. Right. Uh, with Aang, he's more of a a, a a virtuous character. He's the hero figure that other people aspire to be. But you know, and he's just learning to to master those virtues uh, to be the be- to be a better person, even better person to those around him. Right. Yeah. And and that's two kind of things. Like one, I know a lot of people talk about is that Zuko was a better character than Aang only because Zuko had more character development than Aang. Like, Aang kind of stays the same, or he, he grows as a person, but not... He doesn't change his views or anything. Right. 
if I might, if I can interrupt real fast, you're right. He stays the same, but he doesn't really stay the same. He sticks to his beliefs, and that's who he is as a per- as a person and character. He doesn't. Yeah. He changes how his viewpoint of the world, but his viewpoint of the world doesn't change his beliefs and whether or not he should be more offensive and like maybe kill a firebender or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. no, he believes mm-hmm. what he was taught when he was younger, and he sticks to that no matter right. what the circumstance is, and that's kind of what makes him a strong character. Yeah, like like I was saying, like he's a virtuous character that's learning to strengthen his virtues. It's like more like putting, putting his virtues and beliefs to the test. Right. Yeah. And uh, and how how like how strong, um, Aang is to his cores, which I think is which is like you know what you do with a hero like like that's like that's a super that's the Superman story. Yeah. Like Superman learns to be a better person by mastering uh his own virtues and how he can how he can use his strengths and fix his weaknesses to help to better uh, the world and society um but yeah but going back to around a little bit to when katara fights master paku uh so it's just the first time when katara fights master paku it's the first time in the series where the characters take the offensive uh foot forward they they are actively katara actively tries to hurt master paku right um and i it's just a real a real tone shift that really helps like funnel in the 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 drama of the of the show so far into that one moment and i think they did that really well yeah yeah i agree it's more of showing what their their character goals and what they want they're like no like you're telling us no we need this like this is what we want you're gonna teach me Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a one other thing I wanted to point out. Well, I, I just kind of a little bit delving the Legend Core again, but like Avatar focused more on building its like entire cast, and you kind of see them like in every character, whereas Korra kind of just focused more on Korra rather yeah. than other mm-hmm. characters. So that's something I I think Avatar did better because it's not just Aang, it's not just Zuko. You see Katara's growth. You see, like I keep seeing posts of like here's how they were at the beginning. You see like. Katara holding like a small little rain umbrella whereas in the season three like I don't want to spoil anything but like she's way stronger than what she was from season she one buff. she kicks some ass yeah she ate those protein bars <laughs> right all right do you want to transition to what we're excited for oh man Zach what are we what are we excited for um I don't know that's the thing um well COVID's kind of canceled a lot of movies and everything which oh, i mean COVID's i was excited for new a lot mutants. more stuff covid is leading the charge on cancel culture um <laughs> literally but uh yeah dude so like tenant moved again for two of weeks it so it's coming out in august um surprise so sponge so the spongebob movie sponge out of water i'm not sure if you guys knew that movie's coming out so that was recently announced that they were moving it to the early 2021. It's going to be streaming exclusive. Oh. However, however, the junior novelization still uh, released on its prop and its scheduled time. And I already ordered it. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to see if the movie's good. See if, uh, if the plot and story is good. You should just um, sell the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> just put, like I create a Reddit account just to put the spoilers for the Sponge on the Run. Hey kid, you want some SpongeBob spoilers? <laughs> Even though it's already based on an episode, an old episode of SpongeBob. Yeah. But I firmly agree that we will never see New Mutants, Ryan. Going back to what you uh, said. Oh man. Uh, yeah. No, I I was excited for it. Like I was like, oh cool. This is this I'm looks still excited actually for good. It. it looks legitimately good. Like. 
Yeah. Like out of all the trailers for X-Men movies I've seen, that's the one that's like more up, up my alley. Cause I'm just, I'm just really into like young adult uh, superheroes as, as a team. Mm-hmm. And that, and that just, it just like takes a more darker tone, like uh, with the psychology of having superpowers. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like, they can't control them really. Right. Uh, the cast is interest is really cool too. And I'm really like interested in seeing it. However, mm-hmm. It was originally delayed for reshoots that never happened. Right. And then they got to a point where it's like the characters are too old. The actors are too old to do reshoots uh, without reshooting the entire movie. Uh, so they were going to release it. And then, yeah. And then Disney bought Fox. And now it's a whole big catastrophe. Yeah. Because um, contractually, they still have it has to legally play in a theater. Okay. Um, so they can't release it on video on demand or DVD or Blu-ray and all that stuff without that it going to theater first. They should just stream uh, it, honestly. But yeah, it's but like they have to follow an old contract, I think. And I think something, the people who made that contract, I think were like are kind of like not part of the process anymore. So it's kind of hard to get them back on to uh, change it. Okay. I think yeah. it's just like it's a weird gray area that like you know they just they just have to do it or or else it's gonna like be right uh, a risk for the company's PR. Right. Um, and it's, it's, I just always think it's hilarious that they announced the date and then an hour later it got delayed again. <laughs> um, <laughs> Speaking of movies that are delayed, will we see ever see an avatar two sequel? Not the last airbender, the James Cameron blue people avatar. I, I think we'll see that before anything else i don't think we'll see that ever in my lifetime they're shooting in new zealand and new zealand's covid free i need to see a trailer or proof right of like some kind of finished product because it has been i think the first one came out in 2009 yep so it's been 11 years yeah i I get it like last was part two took seven years to come out sure yeah Uh but like james cameron's been a busy man in the depths of the ocean frankly i don't want to see avatar 2 at all i mean i don't even like the first one yeah, i don't i don't care for it they took the name avatar so the last airbender had to be called the last airbender well yeah. man good thing that that one wasn't called avatar either correct yes <laughs> yeah no like uh i think the only other thing i'm excited for i know they released the trail they finally gave a release date for the boys season two. Oh yes yeah it's coming out in september so i'm excited Heck for yeah. it season one was phenomenal I think season two is gonna just do as well. Hmm. I I still need to watch the boys, but it yes, looks really good. I've been hearing a lot of good things about it. Eight episodes of that should be your next thing. <laughs> That's the next thing after Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, Legend honestly. of Korra. Nah, boys. <laughs> Any closing statements, boys? Um, what should we force Ryan to watch? Yeah, you guys still haven't chosen for something for me to watch. That's a good question. Nothing like super like long. I know Kevin mentioned Doctor Who once, but I'm like. That might take my entire lifetime. It could take a while, but it's on HBO Max, so that is a good one, actually. Not like not like the old old ones. You just gotta start with the. Well, okay. Are we? Am I watching like one set of the Doctor? Or am I watching like? So I mean, I gotta look up what's on HBO Max. I think it's just the new series on HBO Max. I don't know if they have the classic episodes. Okay. We'll fill you uh, in. Yeah, we'll we'll message you once I once I look up to see what's available. But basically, like the first season that we start you off with. It's gonna be rough as hell. <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> oh man, that first episode, man. <laughs> I don't know. Oh lord, Christopher Eccleston. Oof. Oh, I've watched Christopher Eccleston stuff. That one I enjoy. You mean Malachi from Thor: The Dark World? Yeah, I enjoyed his oh. his stunt. He was in a uh, man. If you enjoyed his, then you're you're golden. I think. Man, Ninth Doctor might be Ryan's favorite. Huh? Night of the Doctor. I'm trying to remember which episode. No, that ninth. Was. Ninth. Oh, nine. ninth Doctor. Oh. 
I mean, like, I can see it. He's he he did great for the role. It's just like he did the season overall was kind of oof. But David Tennant, uh, Matt Smith. But David Tennant though, and Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. I I would argue Peter Capaldi is a great doctor, but Stephen Moffat is a terrible showrunner. Fair. Um, but then the current doctor, uh, Jodie Whittaker, is fantastic. I think. Um, I have not watched the last series with David or David with uh Peter Capaldi. I have not seen season ten either. I yeah. kind of just skipped it. I'm like, I'm going straight to Jodie Whittaker. Yeah, I need uh, to. Season eleven was great. I haven't seen season twelve yet, but I'm sure. It's gonna, I think I'm not sure if it's on HBO Max yet. I think it will be soon. Sweet. Um, alrighty. So Ryan, how do you feel about us forcing you to watch Doctor Who? Because I think it's only thirteen episodes each season too. They're like an hour long though, but yeah. I can try. I tried it once, like back in high school, and I stopped after like I got almost done with the ninth doctor so i can try it again mm-hmm. okay we can we'll work with that you want to take us out kevin i'm gonna take us out so ryan you're watching doctor who we'll tell you we'll message you what season to start with it's on hbo max um anyways thank you guys for listening to committed critics uh we are on twitter by the way so you can follow us there uh it is at we are at committed crits c-o-m-m-i-t-t-e-d c-r-i-t-s and we are also on Patreon, link in the description. So be sure to uh, give us a little bit of money there. Only $1 a month can change the world, or at least our world. Uh, we are looking for a goal of $10 a month to cover the cost of Podbean so we can be available to stream on your favorite service. But until two weeks from now, see you then. Goodbye. Later. Bye. Bye.